He is our helper today, and I wanted to share just a few things on the screen here. Uh, some of you were able to share some testimony, some brief testimony this week uh, through social media, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I don't know if we had it on Instagram or not, and uh, some emails I got. Um, and so I just wanted you to see some of those. We couldn't get them all up this morning, but we want to get some for you to see. We're going to continue to do this this week. And so we'd love for you, if you have a, a brief little testimony that you could share through social media and put the hashtag in there so that we can all share that and enjoy that together. Uh, specifically this week's how thankful how God has helped you in some area, some way. Uh, if you could share that, that would be awesome as we could be a part of that. And see that. So thank you for those who shared already this week. And if you've got another one that you'd like to put in, if you've already done one, do another. And we love it. And so that'd be great. Well, as we're here this morning, I've got a couple questions for you. One, are you happy to be here? Now, that was pitiful. I said, are you happy to be here? That's a little better. We'll still work on that another day. All right. The other question I have for you this morning is, have you ever been overwhelmed with life. Overwhelmed with life. Yes. You know, different things for different people, but all of us have either been through that, we're either in it right now, or it's coming one way or the other. There are times when we are just overwhelmed with life. Maybe it's the kids, their grades. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's a family situation. Uh, maybe it's the holidays that's there upon us and we know that we've got to deal with that crazy Uncle Joe and that uh, crazy Sister Sue that we've got to deal with. You know, we've all got those folks that you've got to just kind of know how to deal with those people. Right? Am I amen? Not the only one with that, right? Maybe, it's, uh, maybe you've got some money issues that's just weighing heavy. Maybe it's a doctor's visit, doctor's diagnosis, a job change, buying a house, something like that. You know, but there's sometimes... We find ourselves where life just seems to be closing in. It just overwhelms us. And, and what we're going to see today is that David is in such an overwhelming, stressful life situation here in the background of Psalm 3. We're going to look at that. But what we also know is that as David writes this psalm, he realizes and knows that the Lord is our helper. No matter what we're going through as his people, the Lord God is our helper. And we can be thankful that he is. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that as I live my day-to-day life, that the Lord is my helper. Amen? He is my helper. All right. Well, so David here is in, is in an overwhelming, stressful life situation. If you look at Psalm 3, the first, first part above the first verse in my, my Bible, it says, uh, a Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Well, there's an issue that's sort of in the background here. You can find it in 2 Samuel verses 15 through 18. And Absalom and, and David's relationship has been tense. Absalom is his son. And uh, Absalom killed his half-brother, uh, Amnon. And so there had been a lot of tension, as you can imagine, between Absalom and David. And so over a period of years, uh, Absalom had sat, sat in the gate and began to endear people to himself. He was doing nice things for people so that the hearts of the people of Israel began to shift and turn toward Absalom instead of David. And so it finally culminates where Absalom uh, decides to take over the kingdom of his father, David, uh, in a deceptive plot. As a matter of fact, uh, in a couple of verses here in verse 13 and 14 of Second Samuel, let me just read those. It says that a messenger came and told David, the hearts of the people of Israel are with Absalom. 
Then David said to all of his officials who were with him in Jerusalem, Come, we must flee, or none of us will escape from Absalom. We must leave immediately, or, we will, or he will move quickly to overtake us and bring ruin on us and put the city uh, to the sword. And so that's what we see here. David, the greatest king of all Israel, the one who had been at the height of popularity, the height of power, uh, is now fleeing from danger. And for his life, his son would likely kill him if he stays there uh, in Jerusalem. And so can you just imagine the thoughts? Can you imagine uh, the stress, the emotions that David must be feeling at this time? Of That there's someone who's taking over the kingdom. Uh, it's his own son. He doesn't know what's going to happen if he's going to um, have to... Kill his son to defend himself. He so all kinds of things, the uncertainties of knowing, not knowing what's going to happen. And so there's a lot of stress, a lot of overwhelming feelings that he is feeling here as he is having to flee. Now, as David writes this psalm, we don't know where he is, but in our imagination, we imagine that he has obviously left Jerusalem and he's out in the hills, probably gotten away from Jerusalem. Uh, maybe he's under the night sky with the stars above, or maybe he's uh, under the shade of a tree. He wakes up one morning, he cries out to the Lord, and he pins this psalm. And as we look at this psalm, let's see how David recalled that God is our helper, and may we be encouraged by that, and may we also be thankful. So in honor and reverence to the word of God, if you'd please stand while I read for you Psalm 3, if you're able. David writes the word of the Lord. Lord, how many, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the reading of the word of God. And Lord, as David had to deal with this desperate situation, this difficult situation, we pray, Lord, that he would re- remind us even today that we all go through issues in life, but Father, that there is a helper and that you are that helper. And so, Lord, whatever people are dealing with today, maybe they're counseling or talking with other people who are going with issues, whatever the case may be, may you speak to our hearts. Lord, if there's comfort that needs to happen, bring comfort. If there's a conviction of sin, Lord, bring that in our hearts as, as well. Let us be open and obedient to what you need us to hear. But Lord, we pray that you'd have your way in every heart and life. We pray for those here that don't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their lives, that this would be the moment of salvation where you'd call them to yourself by the power of your spirit. But also, Father, we pray that you just have your way in every heart and life and may the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. In your bulletin, you should have seen, should see an outline there. And the first thing that we want to see here, as I'd love to see you take notes, is that we are thankful He is our helper in our desperation. He is our helper in our desperation. So as this psalm begins, we sense the desperation of King David here in verses 1 and 2. I hope that you maybe picked up on that as we listen to this. He says, Lord, 
how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. As you look at the situation, you know now some of the background of what David is dealing with. I love the very first word where he says, Lord. He's calling out to the Lord. He knows that in the midst of his desperate situation, there is but one place that he needs to turn, and that is to the Lord. And friends, that's what we need to understand here, is that when we have those difficult times, in our times of desperation, we must remember that the Lord is the one whom we must turn to. But too often, I'm afraid, that we turn to the Lord only after we have turned to other people or ourselves first. You know, in our desperations, many times when we find ourselves in a situation, we wring our hands and we say, well, how can I fix this? That's our first thought. But friends, when we must turn our eyes everywhere, what happens is we often turn our eyes everywhere except to the Lord. David knew who to turn to, and it was the Lord. And that's who we need to turn to as well. Amen? Amen. That's who we must turn to in our times of desperation. David knew that he needed the Lord. He knew that the Lord was bigger than his desperate situation. And it was indeed a desperate situation. Matter of fact, in the, first, the latter part of verse 1, David says, Many are they who rise up against me. And he's not just blowing smoke here. This really is the deal. This is exactly what's happening. As a matter of fact, back in 2 Samuel 15, verse 12, the latter part of that verse, it tells us there, and that the, the conspiracy grew strong for the people with Absalom continually increased in number. So it was indeed a desperate situation. And so David here, in, these, in this psalm, he is pouring out his heart to the Lord and he is crying out to the Lord and he's saying, Lord, uh, I have trouble on every side here. There, these trials are, are getting bigger They're, and I don't know exactly how this is going to turn out. Uh, the world seems to be closing in on me. That's what he's saying there as he's saying, Lord, there's so many who've increased who trouble me. The many who are rising up. Have you ever been in that situation, friends, where you just felt like that you were in a desperate situation, you didn't know which way to turn, and it seemed that the world was just closing in? What we find in Scripture is that we need to do the same as call out to the Lord because He is our helper. David knew it, and he turned to the Lord in his desperation. And then look what else it says in verse 2. It says, Many are they who say of me, There is no help for him, in God. So not only are there people who are rising up and those people are increasing, now there are people who are saying there's no help for him in God. What this is, this is adding insult to injury. You know, friends, have you ever seen or noticed that whenever we're going through a difficult time, there always seems to be that someone who is able to just step into your life and make you feel worse? You know what I'm talking about? And that's what David is experiencing here. Some people were saying to David, yeah, you know, bud, King David, you were having a tough time. Your, your son, well, he's forsaking you. The nation, well, they've deserted you. And where's God? He's nowhere to be found. Don't you just love people like that? Didn't I just bless your socks off when people do that for you? Friends, let me tell you, don't be those kinds of people, amen? 
Be everything that you can to encourage people and help people who are going through a difficult time. We're going to have an opportunity here. Thanksgiving, there's some folks who are going through a tough time, and we have an opportunity to have a Thanksgiving feast and to help them, and we still need a lot of people to help us with that. So if you can help us with that, my family and I are going to be here helping with that Wednesday night and Thursday. We'd love for you to do that, and you can see Stephen Fontaine about that. Uh, today, but we need help. But there's times when we can help people instead of being naysayers, let's be encouragers. Amen. And that's what we need to do. David here is in a very stressful life situation and he's facing the difficult task of dealing with not knowing what's going to happen next. You know, a lot of times when we're going through desperate situations, we, we, it's tough going through a desperate situation, but the hard part for us is the anxiety of not knowing how this is going to end. Right? Amen. Many times we just don't know how this thing is going to turn out. So we have that anxiety that's over us. And so that's what's happened here and happening here with David is that he does not know if his son will find him or not. And if he does find him, what, he's, what Absalom's going to do to him. And, and if he comes at him, will he have to kill his own son? Will David have to kill Absalom to protect himself? So it's a desperate time. And it's a desperate, desperate situation. And he knew, praise God, he knew to call out to the Lord. But friends, let me just remind you that desperate times do that, don't they? Where we, they cause us to search diligently for answers. They cause us to take a spiritual inventory of ourselves. And as we go through that spiritual inventory, when we're going through difficult times, we come to the realization, or at least we should come to the realization, is this, that we need the Lord. We can't do this by ourselves. We need him to help us. We need him to guide us, to walk with us, to be with us. And David knew it. And we need to know that the Lord is our helper in any and all of our desperation. And then we are thankful because we can turn to him as his children. He is our helper in our desperation. And he is our helper, secondly, in our tribulation. In our desperation, but also in our tribulation. Now, we need to know that he is our helper in, uh, in our trials, our difficulties, that those times when we are brought low, as we look at David's situation, we know that he is brought low here. Chances are he's feeling pretty blue uh, it is in those times in our lives when it's tough to have a cheery outlook about situations, when laughter has not returned and, and joy is nowhere in our future from what we can see in our perspective, when we have been humbled by life's circumstances, But David here, we see, knew the Lord was his helper. As a matter of fact, when you come to verse 3 and 4 here, that we know that he is our helper in our tribulation, I love the transition and the shift in the mood that takes place here in verse 3 and 4. He has just said in verse 2, Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. There are many who are saying that there's no help for him in God. And then verse 3, but you... O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. So in the midst of this situation, in the midst of this tribulation and the trials and being brought low, David remembers who God is and what he has done and what he will do. And so he tells us in verse 4, he cries out to the Lord with his voice, meaning that he is literally calling out or summonsing the Lord to come because he needs him. And he says, Lord, I need you. And he cries out and the Lord heard him. Now, if you remember last week, 
we said we're thankful because he is our hearer. And we see that David knows that today, that he is our hearer. Because we, as God's people, have a God, a, rather a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. Amen? As we know the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a God who hears our prayers, who answers our prayers. But David also knows who the Lord is here. Back in verse 3, he says, But you, O Lord, are a shield for me. You are my shield. So he's saying that with all these who are against me, Lord, with all these who are against me, it does not matter. For you are my shield. You are my defender. You are my protector. Now, this shield covers the body. It defends the body from arrows, uh, jabs of the enemy. But this shield covers all of me, he is saying. Lord, a shield of wood, a shield of metal is nothing compared to you because you defend me from all these things. You are my helper. You are my shield. You are my protector. And ultimately, nothing gets through from the enemy unless it is for our own good and for his glory. You catch that? The Lord is our shield. And nothing gets through, because the Lord is our shield, nothing gets through unless God allows it for our own good and for his glory. Amen? So he's saying, Lord, you are my shield. And he says, you are my glory. Now, different commentators have different ideas about what David was thinking when he said, you are my glory. But here's what I think. I think that as David is out there in the middle of the hills or out on the, you know, in the landscape under the stars or under the trees, that he is thinking back and he's thinking that, Lord, I have nothing. I have nothing here. Even the Ark of the Covenant, they had begun to bring the Ark of the Covenant out with them as they left Jerusalem, but he sent it back so they would stay there in Jerusalem. And he's saying, all my treasures, everything that I own, everything I have are back there in the palace. The throne room is under the authority of someone else. But Lord, you are my glory. I have nothing, but Lord, I have you. I have nothing, but I have you. You are all I need, and you are my greatest treasure. Friends, we need to keep that in mind. It does not matter how much money you have in your bank account. That if you know the Lord, if you know the Lord Jesus, my friend, listen, you are rich. Amen? You're rich. Rich with what he offers us. He offers us his help. He offers us his forgiveness. And we'll see that as we go along. David here saying, you are my glory. I have nothing, but Lord, I have you. You're all I need. You're my greatest treasure. You're my life. You're my glory. And you are worthy of all praise. You are my shield and you are my glory. And then also we see here this. You are the one who lifts up my head. You're the lifter of my head. As we look at that, that's a beautiful picture of the compassion and the care of God. If you have children or you have grandchildren, uh, you know that uh, there have been times when your child or your grandchild has come to you because they got their feelings hurt about something or they fell down, scratched their knee, whatever. And when they come to you, they're sad, they're crying, and they, they come and their heads are down low like this. They're bowed down. And what do you do as a, as a mom or dad or grandparent? You reach down and you lift their face up. It's going to be all right. Right? Right? And what we see here in the scriptures is David says, Lord, you are the one who lifts up my head. So David here is discouraged and know that he's brought low, but he also knows that it is God who is the one who is going to reach down and lift him up and give him that encouragement that he needs. I like that. How about you? Amen? God is faithful to love on us 
and to show us his compassion, show us his care as his children. He is our helper who lifts up our head. David is saying, when I'm discouraged, you're my encourager. When I feel defeated, you are my victory. When I feel downcast, you are my hope. When I am disappointed, you are my strength. And friends, that's exactly who God is to us. He is our encourager. He is our victory. He is our hope. He is our strength. He is the lifter of our heads. And he is there for us. And he is all that we need. He is our helper. And we are thankful. I don't know about you, but I am thankful that he is that to us. Amen. And so he is our helper in a desperation and a tribulation. But thirdly, he is also our helper in our location. In our location, verse 5 and 6. Notice here what David says. He says, I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Now, maybe you're just reading through that. You may not have caught it. But I hope that you catch there is a difference here in verse 6 than what he was saying over in verse 1. Notice what he was doing in 1. He was desperate there. Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who are rising up against me. It is an indication of the desperate situation that he's facing. And now we look at verse 6 and we see him saying, I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves against me all around. And what was the difference? The difference is, is that he has remembered who the Lord was. He said, he's my shield, my glory, the one who lifts up my head. But also he remembers what he's able to do and that he was and is with him. You know, friends, often when we're under the stresses of life and we're overwhelmed with difficulties, I don't know about you, but when we're having difficulties, the the part of the day that I dread the most many times is going to bed at night. Because I know that when we're overwhelmed, even though we're exhausted and we're tired with what we're dealing with, many times it's hard to sleep when you lay your head on the pillow. Maybe you'll doze off. And then you'll wake up a few minutes later, then you'll doze off, and then you'll wake up a little bit later, and it's all night, and you're just not getting the rest. Am I by myself on that? Is other people like that too? Yes, yes. Sometimes you just can't get the rest. But what does David say here? I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. The Lord sustained me. That means he's there with me. He is helping me. He's holding me. He's guiding me. He's keeping me. He has sustained me. So while there were people who could easily sneak up into the camp at night and, and terrorize David and his crew, there are people who could come and kill him without him knowing about it in the night. David knows the Lord is with him, and he says, I lay down and I slept, and I woke up this morning because you have sustained me and you brought me through. David says, Lord, you have sustained me. You give me rest and I am not afraid. So what he's saying here is no matter how big the number of people against me, he is remembering and has remembered now that you are God and watch this and you are bigger than my circumstances. You can write that down. God is bigger than our circumstances. Come on now. God is bigger than our circumstances. No matter what you're facing in your life, no matter what you're dealing with, friends, you need to understand that God is bigger than your circumstances. And you can trust him in the midst of that. Amen? You can trust him in the midst of that. He is saying, David is saying, Lord, you're with me. And so, friends, we need to take that to heart. 
that we need not be afraid, but to trust his power, trust his promise, and trust his presence. Now, David remembers, and he writes this psalm, but also he's the same one who wrote the psalms, Psalm chapter 4, verse 8, where he says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. He's also the same one who wrote Psalm 23, 4, where it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so that's what we see here, that he is our helper. That the Lord, David knew that he is our helper in our location, that the Lord is with us, that he sustains us, that he gives us peace, that he gives us comfort, he gives us security, he gives us assurance, and friends, because of that, we are thankful. He is our helper in our desperation. He's helpful helpful in, uh, in our tribulation and he's our helper in our location and then fourthly he is our helper in our salvation verse 7 and 8 arise O Lord save me O my God for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone you have broken the teeth of the ungodly salvation belongs to the Lord your blessing is upon your people again David calls on the Lord and here he says to the Lord to rise up and to save him The word save means to rescue. Rescue me, Lord, from this. Uh, Deliver me from this. Free me from this danger. danger. And he calls on the Lord because he knows that the Lord can do it. Because the Lord is the victor. He is the victor who saves. In this passage that speaks of the Lord striking all the enemies on the cheekbone and breaking the teeth of the ungodly is a gesture of the Lord's ultimate triumph over the enemies. That, those, that idea of striking the enemy on the cheekbone and breaking the teeth is a sign of humiliation and shame toward the enemy. Breaking the teeth makes the enemy powerless. And friends, you just need to understand that what David knew, we know, that God is our helper in our salvation in that he has defeated the enemy. And his blessing, God's blessing is upon his people because he has rescued us, because he has delivered us, because he has freed us from the danger of the enemy. The enemy is powerless over us. He's powerless. God has defeated him. David knew that salvation had come from the Lord and it would again because he's the victor. And friends, he is our helper because he is the victor. And this is what we need to remember is that he has rescued us from the enemy. He has delivered us from bondage. He has freed us from danger of the enemy through Jesus Christ in our salvation. He is our savior And he will be with us and help us in our desperation, our tribulation, our location, and our salvation. We are his forever when we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We can call on him. He is the Lord. He is all we need, and he is with us. He will deliver us. He will rescue us. He will save us. But what about you, friend? Let me ask you that. Is the Lord your helper? Has he rescued you from the enemy? Because without Jesus Christ in your life, you are still under the bondage of sin. You are still under the bondage of Satan. You're still under the bondage of death. That, that where freedom is only found in Jesus Christ as Lord. Do you know him? Through Christ, we are redeemed. 
Our sins are paid for on the cross of Calvary. We are rescued. We are free. And the Lord Jesus never leaves us nor forsakes us. Do you know him? It's a step of faith. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it is a step of faith to come to know him. To know that we're all sinners in need of a Savior. It all began in the Garden of Eden many eons ago, a long time ago, when Adam sinned against God. And the relationship was broken between man and God. We're all sinners. There's no one perfect. The only one who was perfect was Jesus. All of us fall short of the glory of God. None of us are good enough to get into the presence of God, only Jesus Christ. And so we acknowledge that we're sinners and we need him to save us from our sin. And we turn from our sin and we turn to Jesus Christ, which is repentance. We say to the Lord, I'm sorry that I've sinned against you. The Bible says, repent, therefore be converted that your sins may be blotted out. So the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And all the while, while we acknowledge that we're sinners in need of a Savior and we've turned from our sin, turning to Jesus, we embrace or believe with all of our heart that Jesus is God's Son who died on the cross for us at Calvary and rose again bodily from the grave. The Bible says uh, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then we also profess. We say yes to the Lord. Yes, I want you to be the Lord of my life. So we acknowledge we're sinners, know we need a Savior, we turn from our sin, we turn to Jesus, we believe that he died for us and rose again, and we say, yes, I want you to be the Lord of my life. The Bible says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So no matter who you are, friend, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ, he loves you. God the Father loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die in your place, to take your penalty upon the cross of Calvary, to give you hope, to give you assurance, to give you forgiveness. Do you know him today? If not, why not today? Why not give your heart to Jesus? If you do know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and maybe you're going through some difficulties in your life, no matter what it is that you're going through, know that he is our helper. There's one last verse that I want to give to you, and you can write it down. It's not not on the screen. I forgot to give it to Kirsten this week. But it's Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10. Hear what the Lord says. As you have difficulty as you go through desperate times, as you have the tribulation, when you're feeling lonely, when you're feeling blue and you don't know what to do next, listen to what God promises. Isaiah 41.10, he says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What a promise from God. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that he is our helper. And by the testimony of the word of God and by the testimony that I can share with you in my own life, I can tell you this, that our God is trustworthy. You can trust him to walk with you through every valley in your life. He will help you as you go through the situations that you're dealing with right now, he will draw you to himself if you'll but yield to him. But he is trustworthy and he is faithful and he is our helper. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we're not worthy of your help. We're not worthy of how you've been merciful to us. 
But by the grace of God, through Jesus Christ, you have shown us yourself strong on our behalf in many ways. But Lord, we thank you that you've shown yourself strong through Jesus by him taking our sin upon himself on the cross of Calvary and rising again bodily from the grave. And so, Lord, we are your children, and we thank you that you've called us out. If there are those here today that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, may this be that moment where they will say, yes, I want to trust Jesus to save me, to give me hope and the assurance of heaven. But, Father, maybe there are those of us here today who are going through some desperate times, difficulties, trials, and we pray, Lord, that you would just be with us all across this worship center, that we would just turn our hearts to you and yield our lives to you in our desperation and in our tribulation, knowing that you're with us in our location. And we praise God for our salvation, that you are the victor, that you are the king, and that you are triumphant. So let us yield to you. Lord, whatever you're dealing with in people's hearts and lives, I pray, Father, that the decisions that need to be made, that they be obedient. We would all give our hearts and lives to you, to recommit our hearts and lives to you today. In Jesus' name, amen.